This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Cabela's, the world's foremost outfitter. Cabela's is a strong supporter of your right to keep and bear arms, which is why they support Gunfighter Cast. Whether you need guns and ammo or a new smoker, go visit Cabela's.com for all your shooting, hunting, fishing, and outdoor needs. Hello, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, episode number 121. I, I'm here with Cy and Lauren Hudson that have done something really, really cool. How you guys doing? Doing all right. How about you, Daniel? Uh, I'm awesome. You guys uh, seem pretty awesome, too. You guys are, are incredibly busy right now with your recent launch. So, um, and uh, we're going to talk all about that recent launch and the Hudson H9 and Hudson Manufacturing, the company itself, right after this. Hey, guys. Daniel here. I want to invite you to go check out Bootleg Inc. at bootleginc.com. Bootleg has top quality products for everything that you need to build a solid AR. Bootleg is the sister company to Primary Weapon Systems and contains a searchable database with everything you need to know to build an AR. Go check them out at bootleginc.com. Welcome back. Tell me a little bit about Hudson Manufacturing. What, what is that? Hudson Manufacturing, that is, well, for legal purposes, holds our FFL, but it's where we're going to test R&D and uh, make sure that all the pistols that we're going to ship uh, get thoroughly vetted before we put them out on the market. So it's, it's our new brand. It's what we, I mean, obviously it's our last name, so <laughs> you like it. <gasps> yeah, I'm a fan. fan. Um, we, I mean the name itself, we did a fair amount of research. We had a lot of people that encouraged us to go and do something, you know, uh, tactical, uh, trendy, high speed sounding. And with the, with how we knew we were going to go into a very, very competitive market, uh, the pistol market itself is very competitive. We wanted something that would be more lasting. And if you look at the big names uh, or the names that have stuck around for a while, Smith, Wesson, Remington, Colt, Ruger, they're last names. So we, uh, we said, all right, I think we can do that. And I think we can incorporate that into some branding, though, that is, is uh, more of a modern take put some edge into it and uh, really blend a little bit into uh, our brand itself. The H, the H logo is supposed to be a, a bit of a new cool looking brand, but it's also can be a cattle brand if you really want it to be. Yeah. It's kind of a modern take on a, a cow brand. We, we are Texans. We're very proud of that. We've got um, some, some long horns and, in our family, so that's kind of exciting. Where we like to keep a little bit of that heritage around. That's cool. As a as an entrepreneur myself, and a student of business, and a constant student of marketing as well, you know, you're you're looking at the other brands that have been successful and had the lasting power and everything else. I think that's a, a good look, and it's it's important. But I think what's more important in today's business landscape and the firearms community as well is honest and upfront companies. You guys are like literally a mom and pop handgun shop, right? I mean, that's that's yep. what you are. So I think that's absolutely perfect for for the name to be named after you. What is day-to-day life at Hudson Manufacturing for the last three years? You know, you've been working on the H9, probably some other things. And, you know, what, what just kind of like the goals or, or ethics and uh, philosophy of the company, I guess you could say, or vision. So our, the last three and a half years have gone through so many uh, different milestones. We actually started in Alaska when uh, we knew Cy was going to get out of the Army and um, kind of... <laughs> Hudson Manufacturing was a little bit born in our living room um, where there's pretty much just, you know, 24 hours of darkness, negative 60 degrees outside in Fairbanks, Alaska, and Netflix, guns broken apart on the table, that that sort of thing. That was the initial day-to-day life of Hudson um, in the evenings, and then he was, you know, full-time Army during the day. And when he did eventually transition out, we moved home to Texas, um, working out of our house. We were doing this full time and jump ahead to early 2016. I was going to say this year. I forgot we just had a new year. And we I keep are forgetting that, too. <laughs> yeah. So um, after we had gotten through our last iteration of the design and had. Uh, funding behind us, we got our facility in Temple, Texas, and that has been day-to-day recently. So we brought on our first hire back in April, and it's been about getting ourselves set up there. 
Yeah, I mean, a, a day-to-day operation, I would say as a startup, we are not in steady state operations, meaning that no. at any point, if there's a quality issue, if, it, if there's anything with a machine shop that they need engineering support, anything that we're doing, somebody might be in Kentucky one week, they might be in Michigan another, Florida another, uh, and we all stay in constant contact. And uh, it's been very, uh, I'll use the word exciting. <laughs> Dynamic. Dynamic. That's a really good one. You know, we don't, have, we don't have a same day. Um, no, no given Monday is the same as the next. Uh, we do have a small team starting off with. It's very important to have a really, really good core team with, you know, getting that synergy right. So you guys are, you're the designers? Uh, yep. Lauren and I have uh, been part of that for Three and a half years. Where we started is very different. Where we've ended up, and uh, <laughs> we're we're excited to show we we decide we're going to bring what we call the brick and the boat anchor, which are the Gen and Gen One and Gen Two prototypes, out to shot. Uh, it was a very very rough start. Um, a lot of great ideas, a lot of a lot of stuff went into it, but where we ended up, very very different. You, you can watch our little teaser video and. Those lines we said were actually very true. Where we ended up is very different from where we started. That's cool. I mean, I I, I just think it's awesome when when somebody has an idea. Like I, I'm an idea guy, and I I come up with ideas, and then I go after them 100 percent and put all my time and effort into them. And sometimes they work out and they're magical. Sometimes I fall right on my face, but I always learn from it. And it's uh, it, we're we're in a world, we're in a country where if you have a good idea. Uh, and, and you're willing to go put out the work and you like you guys found funding and, and you went and got that done. And then now you got a product that's launching at SHOT Show that's one of the most covered things that I've seen in recent SHOT Shows for pre-show. So that's that's awesome, man. And you did that in three years and you got out of the Army and, and did it all from your living room. That's It's really cool. I'm excited about it. I'm excited for you. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> that's uh, we're really excited to finally share it. We have not talked about this for three and a half years. Have not shown pictures. Everybody's asking us, "So what do y'all do?" And we're like, uh, uh. <laughs> "It was it was very intentional to stay under the radar for us. We had you know you go through the periods of no, it's still not ready yet. No, it's still not ready yet. And I definitely don't want to tell somebody smarter than me in the industry yet that I I have it exactly where I want it. So you know we. Yeah, I can't imagine if pictures had leaked of the Gen Two. Uh, <laughs> it would have <Yeah>. hurt. <laughs> it would. We'd have been dead on arrival. It was just. It was not ready. Nope. Nowhere near. So well, we're going to take a, another quick break, and we're going to get right back, and we're going to talk about that new exciting product, the H Nine. If you're in the market for the absolute best 1911 handguns and accessories, look no further than Nighthawk Custom. Nighthawk has over 36 flavors of top quality custom 1911s and they definitely have one for you. These are custom handmade 1911s. Each gun is made from start to finish by a single gunsmith. Nighthawk's slogan and philosophy is one gun, one gunsmith. Now owning the world's finest 1911 has never been easier. Go to www.nighthawkcustom.com and finance your Nighthawk Custom 1911 today. All right, welcome back. It's Hudson Manufacturing H9. Why does this gun exist? Why did you work so hard on this gun? Oh, there's there's the question. Uh, we started with the idea that we love our 1911s. And the reason I love the 1911 so much is the trigger. The trigger moves straight forward and back. It disturbs my shot process the least. Uh the background where I shot the most every day for years, I was on the West Point pistol team, and that's what we did is we worked on shot process. It's Olympic-style shooting. It's boring, um, but you have to have a good shot process. You're talking like service pistol matches, arm um, out to your right side, hand in your pocket. That is correct. Yeah, 60 shots all over myself. hour and 45 minutes doing the same exact thing 60 times. So... Um, that that was that that informed a lot of that, but the pistols always found. Or Lauren and I both found ourselves carrying were the striker guns, M um, and P shield. Uh, M, um, we were big M and P shooters. A Bowie Tactical made made uh, made me one after I trained at TDI back whenever I was a cadet. Um, so that stuff mattered. Once we realized we were on this path, we were like, why don't 
why doesn't someone seem to put striker fire reliability with that crisp 1911 trigger? There were a lot of those hypothetical questions and most of those conversations end with, well, somebody probably thought that all the way through and, you know, if it could be done, it would have been. And I, I think probably if you rewound four years, that was the conversation we were having back then and kind of just departing from that and leaving it at that, carrying our striker fires and leaving our 1911s in the bedside table. And that was how that's that was how, it. Yeah. That's what we were doing. And so as we went through it, we decided, okay, we're going to go through this. We're going to, we're going to take the leap. We're going to hire engineers. And we focused on, uh, reducing the bore axis. I think that was in vogue at the time, uh, with all the uh, recoil magazine and yeah. And, um, you know, we would take screenshots, him and I don't know how to run CAD ourselves. So we'd have screenshots with the, you know, little paint application open and PowerPoint open and had hypothetical frames. Wait that a second. You designed the Hudson H9 in Microsoft Paint. Oh, uh, power, uh, I'm a, you know, PowerPoint. PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. And we took some, um, some of that little eraser magic that they had there and started doing some of those hypothetical exercises of, let me just drop that barrel right on top of the hand. Man, we're going to get skewered for that. Oh, that's going to be hilarious. <laughs> it's going to be, it is going to be hilarious. Like every graphic designer, they're, they're cringing right now and, and, and CAD writers. Hey, Ferris Fair, infantry officer. I, I know PowerPoint, okay? Oh, yeah. I know PowerPoint. Oh, absolutely. Totally. So he dropped that barrel there, and then it was, well, where's all the other junk go? You know, and we were trying to throw away all of the initial convention on this is where things have to be placed. We know some of the rules that, you know, need to be met at a minimum, but trying to approach it from, Let's not do it exactly how it's always been done. Let's keep some of the same, you know, physical, mechanical principles that we have to. But I mean, we, move want, it. we wanted to keep that full size slide. Um, we wanted to make sure that you still had the grip purchase and everything that, you know, and the weapon slide manipulation so you could have a good purchase. But we dropped it right on top of the right on top of the grip, right above the trigger guard. I mean, whenever you look at it, really realize how how little distance there is between the top of the trigger guard and the, the bottom of the slide. So we had no room for our camming surfaces to be, which moved forward. They moved forward and we put a takedown lever, a rotating takedown lever for that to rest on and that had to be decently beefy um, because it was a new barrel system. Uh, we don't want to freak everybody out, you know, to think about the new stuff. But, yeah, that's a that's a new patent pending barrel system and camming surfaces you got in there utilizing the the big surface cams from what the SIG 226 popularized. And, you know, Webley 1912 back in the day did that big one camming surface. But we had to have that resting surface. And that's what drove the recoil spring mechanism further down below it. And that was really, you know, everybody's like, they better have a good reason for doing that stuff. And, and yeah, they're going to get you. <laughs> well, and, and so, you know, we, we were looking at it and said, okay, yeah, you can put it there. And, you know, we, when we were um, thinking on how that would actually function, you know, okay, you're going to possibly have a, a shorter spring up there. You know, if you're going to continue to have a full size slide, you're going to have a shorter spring up there. And, um, I have a bit of a math and physics background and we were sitting there looking at the direction of the forces and it's, it's right there in the, in the meat of your hands. You know, I mean, you, instead of having this spring that is going to create a recoil impulse that whips over the top of your, your wrist, mm -hmm. create torque in that rotation, it's now going to pull straight back into your major muscle groups. So um, we, we really then started focusing everything in the design about trying to create that single axis motion. So the least disruption to your shot process. You've got that really low bore axis. You've got the straight 1911 style trigger pull. You've got the recoil spring placement where it is. And all of that is about creating this very flat shooting yeah. single axis shot process. Yeah. And, uh, 
for everyone who, you know, I think a lot of people were saying that we were trying to say this is a 1911. It is not a 1911. It is a new design, but it's a 1911 style trigger. And how we define that is a trigger with all rotation moved into the sear with a straight movement yoked trigger face. And leaving it at that, that's why we call it a 1911 style trigger. Ours also has those design elements. I think that's what I'm seeing on the internet people are most excited about right now is a striker fire gun, that striker fire reliability with the 1911 trigger. And it just makes sense. You know, the 1911 is the trigger that pretty much all triggers are measured against. You know, it's just that, that straight back to the rear, perfect release of the hammer. It's awesome. And getting that in the striker fire, I am interested in taking this thing apart and seeing what you did. You know, mainly just because I, I, I know how the 1911 trigger works and I know how the striker trigger works. And to make that happen all together and work that striker, it's going to be interesting. We talked about the low bore axis, which... It is in vogue still. You know, everybody loves that, except for the, the people who are just crazy about SIGs. They like that that high bore axis stuff. I, I don't get it, but the uh, <laughs> but some people do. You know, the I it, the being able to shoot this thing repeatedly. We're talking self defense. I mean, this gun is made for for defense and tactical, right? That that's your your market. Uh, so we have a lot of people hitting us up. What is our market? Well, first off, we knew we could not come to market with another plastic gun. We would be an afterthought. There would be none of this buzz, Um, but our market is really across a bunch of different sections. Uh, The the price is more in line with what your SIG 226 Nitron, SIG 229, our weight is also right there, or or a production 1911 as far as cost. It is a steel-framed gun. Uh, We have to have a higher cost in order to be able to afford the R&D to maybe look at different models. that are more cost effective down the line. Um, but our market really takes from a bunch of different people. It's the guy who's carrying a 1911 and 9mm and who wants to have maybe a more robust camming system in there or, or have a striker fired gun instead. Or the guy who's carrying a SIG 226 who wants a lower bore axis. Or a guy who's carrying a CZ-75 or competing with a CZ-75 who would like a little bit more purchase, a grip purchase on the slide there. And just so everybody knows, we love all those guns. We own all of those. Um, and all those design elements really came into play as we were doing. Uh, it is not a single action gun in the traditional sense. It's not a single action hammer fired is how I'll say that. I, I, I guess some people could characterize our sheer design as single action um, but it's not a double action, single action. So if, if those are your, if those are your places where you live now, we're not going after your market, but we really want you to come over and try the trigger. That's, that's really, this, this gun is for everyone who wants it, whether it's someone who wants a really flat shooting gun for their bedside gun and they want that 15 round nine millimeter capacity with that Trigicon HD front sight for home defense or whether they're, there's someone who carries a SIG 226 or a, or a 43 ounce single stack 1911 who wants more round capacity uh, and who are, who are fine with that weight. This is your carry gun. And the competition guys, I know a lot of these guys are excited about this. I know a couple worried about it being a shorter barrel. Uh, come and shoot it. See how it, see how it stacks up and as far as accuracy. I want to see uh, first-time female shooters trying this one also. Um, I know a lot of times you go to a gun counter, as every single time I show up, guy wants to put the tiniest gun behind the counter in my hand. Yeah, with like pink grips or something stupid. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's it's too light. It snaps. It you know, and I I think that that actually turns away a lot of first-time shooters from really you know wanting to to learn about the shot process. Um, Education is one of the really, really big core values we've got. And you will start to see through the branding on our site. We're going to have infographics out there. Um, But it's, it's something that the Hudson brand wants to start supporting throughout the firearms industry. Um, I know site didn't touch on that earlier when we were talking about the day to day stuff for us, but we, um, we're trying to make everyone a bit more comfortable with, you know, accepting us as a new brand and familiarizing people with our product and getting, I guess, the, the overall messaging out there about how anything from how to purchase a firearm. Um, th- there's yeah. some 
things that are left unsaid and a lot of yeah, or uh, even understanding two-step distribution yes. in our industry. I remember whenever I was first uh, getting into guns, I'd go to Smith & Wesson's website and be like, why can't I buy a gun through their website? I mean, that was you know many years ago, but that kind of education is really, really key. And a lot of things that people take for granted after they get into the industry, they started assuming everyone knows these things. Mm-hmm. But we, we got to figure out how to you know push the experienced shooters further and we've got to make sure we're educating and not mocking people who are still entering in. And uh, to go back, Daniel, you asked earlier on what uh, Hudson Manufacturing's core values. Uh, we listed we have five and uh, we tried to get down to three, but we couldn't leave any of these out. Um, one is professionalism. And that's simply us as a company, as a new startup. We wanted to focus on that, not only in how we shoot, but how we how we conduct business. Two is actually shooting. Uh, we want this to be a company of people who actually shoot guns. We love shooting. We have not been able to do it as much as we wanted to, but one Turns of our- Turns out starting the business takes a lot of time. One <laughs> <laughs> one of our first hires was our director of training, Chris Serino. And if anybody in the firearms community doesn't know, uh, Chris is fighting his second, second uh, bout with uh, cancer right now. You can go on Facebook. Team Serino is their page, and you can support him there. We're going to support him through this. Um, but we're going to be missing him at SHOT Show, but we're going to be giving him shout-outs the whole week. So. Yep. Oh, yeah. we got some fun stuff planned for that. Uh, and, well, our third value is loyalty, and that actually matters a lot to us as a company. Uh, this this is going to take a lot of loyalty, a lot of time, a lot of effort from our people. So we wanted to let them know if we're asking it of them, they're receiving it from us. Four is quality. So that that is a really big one right now. Everybody knows, hey, it's a new company. Um, you know, how, how, how much are they going to dedicate to making sure this product gets out the gate correctly? And for us, it meant investing our own testing facility, our own test range inside our facility and getting people from the industry who know how to make sure this stuff happens correctly and going to spend a lot of time and effort. This stuff will not ship before it's tested and made sure that it's ready to ship. Uh, That's our guarantee. And then number five, education, whether it's whether it's educating on the four rules of firearm safety or two-step distribution or why we made a design decision, um, actually talking to people actually matters. And, you know, some people care, some people don't, some people get on and troll you and say just stuff just to get a reaction. But that is not, that that's not going to slow us down from actually talking to all the people who actually care to learn. And I think the the education standpoint is, you know, with really, really explaining what we feel the the benefits of the H9 are, um, I think that segues right back into your, your question about what market is this for. There's a lot of applications for everyone. Now, it's not the, the tiniest concealed option, no, but on, in, in that vein, from actually getting your hands on it and stuff, I know pictures can be deceiving. I think some people are worried that this thing has a has a monster grip. It is, it's thin. Uh, one of our employees has super, super tiny hands and, and she thinks that it, it fits perfectly. And then I've seen some guys with some, some really, really big, big hands, big meat hooks. <laughs> yes. Talking about how it fits them perfectly. So, um, from an education standpoint, I think, I think there's a lot of applications across multiple markets. I'm curious about a few other components of the gun so what magazine are you using in this gun? Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Okay, so it is a proprietary magazine, and I know everybody's been worried about that, but that's because how low the slide sits on the grip. So it had to be proprietary cuts in order for our uh, reversible magazine release to fit in there and interface. However, the tube we used was a 5906 tube, which if you know your history, that's based on the high-power tube. So it's a proven tube with proprietary cuts. So... We did not go out and design our own magazine. We use something that has already been proven, put through multiple generations out there, and they will not retail for greater than $34.99. That's from the CEO and COO. <laughs> hey, that's good news. Uh, I shoot an HK VP9 fairly often, and uh, God, I'm like 50 bucks a magazine. It's rough. So it that, hurts. 
But that's a big that's a big component for people buying guns. People that I talk to a lot in gun stores and through the podcast and everything else is, man, how much are the magazines? Because I have to have six or seven magazines, and that gets pricey really, really quick. So that's that's really good news. And it will ship with three magazines. So just letting everyone know. Show off. <laughs> what about safeties? Okay, so we have the patent pending integral trigger safety. The only way we were able to do that is because of the chassis design and it's not something we've really gotten into but like the sig 320 or the ruger american it the the hudson h9 is a chassis design so we were able to create a geometry on the bottom of that to interface with that safety you really don't feel it it floats but it works and then uh we also have an option yeah so um our our initial offering H9 is going to, uh, you can tell from the sides, we don't have uh, the manual thumb safeties, but it's already built with the option that will be available on e-commerce to do left, right, or ambi thumb safeties for people that like to ride their thumb on something. Yeah, and user configurable, meaning that you take off the slide, you pop out those uh, those little, I guess, plugs on the end, and then you can install your safety however you want it. So every, every gun can or may or may not have a safety. It's not a totally different skew or model. Uh, correct. correct. Oh. It, they will all have that integral trigger safety, but uh, you will have the option if you want to run the left, right, or ambi. And there's not a grip safety up the back. I know uh, from the aesthetic, some, some people are worried that we maybe kept that from the 1911. They know there's some 1911 heritage there. There's not a grip safety back there. And, of course, there is a drop safety. We'll say that for liability purposes at this time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask that next. You know, the, the other two safeties, would that be a, a typical, you know, firing pin block, uh, drop safety, that kind of thing? Uh, that's yep. one thing that I'm curious about whenever I say I want to take it apart and look at it. You know, are, are, are you using the safety ramp and the plunger and, and all that good stuff? It gets just curious how you did all this with that trigger. Yep. The, the heritage there is a lot more akin to uh, a mating of a SIG-226 and maybe the more modern M&P or, or FNS. But yeah, there's a ramp. It is a regular uh, drop safety in there, but the actual disengaging, it, I don't know how, how much you play with the 226, but it has that little sharp little pin that pops the, that up. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely uh, in that, I guess, family category. You mentioned briefly, and I just want to highlight it, your magazine release, it's not ambi, but it is user configurable for left or right-hand side. Is that correct? That's kind of how I heard it earlier. That's correct. You can swap it out left to right. We did find out when we were doing all of our initial R&D that your hand kind of blocks you from being able to release your mag if it pushes all the way through to the other side. So with the the true ambi configuration, we decided to just allow people to switch it out. And not not knocking on anybody's brand, I'm just going to say that one of my buddies came over and said his mag was sticking, and we were sitting there messing with it for hours. And finally, I got to repeat it, and I was like, "Oh, it's it's the ambi ambi mag release. Whenever you push one side, the other one's sticking, and your where your hand sits on it is blocking you from dropping the mag." And so uh, that actually Gen 1 had a full Ambi magazine release, and we abandoned that in favor of the reversible. I think there's some great competitive shooters who drop it with their left or right, and they run it however they want really fast. We said, well, let everybody else have the choice. Yep. And actually, I've seen that too. It's getting a bit more popular to be a right-handed shooter and releasing the magazine with the index, right index finger, with the trigger finger. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's interesting. Well, I've been testing it a little bit myself and, and had some some pretty uh, good results that I, I wasn't really expecting. What else is on this gun feature-wise or, or things that you did to it that I don't even know about it? Because I, I, I've i seen the things on Recoil, the quick little piece that they put up there in Recoil Web, and I've been to your website and been on Facebook. But as an interviewer right now for a gun that nobody knows anything about, and I just heard about this thing like a week and a half ago when Steve Fisher was on the show, and then I started looking into it a lot heavier, um, I... <laughs> I don't even know what questions to ask. You probably have all kind of really cool stuff that, that I haven't even asked about. So what are those? Some of the companies that we're partnering with for uh, the, the features on the gun we're, we're very proud of. We're, we've got the Trijicon HD front sights. Um, we've got the VZ grip panels, which are they're G10. They're 
awesome. They're they're super super slimline, but they will be supporting us. Do, uh, do those do nineteen eleven grips work on your gun? They do not. They do not. Hey, we know we know everybody really really would like as many many things that's universal, but we are looking to support e-commerce and have as many options as possible. And we know VZ uh, has already stated that they want to support us, so we're going to help them do that. Oh, that's cool. They make quality stuff, too. Oh, oh yeah. It's great, great, guys. And then uh, a Hogue, Hogue lower uh, backstrap. So, that, I mean, some people are going to be like, wait, Hogue and VZ on the same gun? Yes, indeed. We we love we love everybody. Um <laughs> Our backstrap is is very interesting. The the lower portion actually slides out. There's a lot of opportunity there for creating a little bit of a bump. Uh, you know, opportunities for flared magwells, all, all of that. There's we we truly designed this, taking some lessons from what's going on in the the rifle market for more end user configurability for opportunities for accessory makers. Yeah. Yeah, so once you get off the grip screws, there's a slight push pin. You push that out. Both the lower backstrap and upper backstrap slide out on rails. So if you want, for all the guys who are going to look to customize and do their own thing or really hate that beaver tail look, uh, that can be made. That can be made without a beaver tail. It just slides out on a rail. You put it in your own configuration and then don't complain to us about slide bite. <laughs> I would imagine that somebody would, would also put together a new magwell that slides into that compartment. And designed to make that easier to do. Yep. Cool. So those are some good little uh, little details that I wouldn't have thought to ask about. Good work. Anything else in that, that category? Um, well, actually, what those are resting against uh, are leaf spring. Mm-hmm. We decided to go with a leaf spring, and that's what's pushing up against your – that's what really makes it a 1911 uh, lineage trigger is that leaf spring pressing up against it. That leaf spring, spring can be popped out, and whatever trigger weight you want, as soon as guys get it and they can put in their own leaf springs, you can do that. It is very end user configurable. Same way with the safeties that if you can make your own leaf springs, you can really design that. And we're really going to work to for the aftermarket guys to be able to create their own trigger weights. We we really wanted to design this with um, kind of forward thinking opportunities for you know people that might have a requirement for a ten or a twelve pound trigger. So there's. Yeah, I mean, we, we, it stinks for people, but I will say whenever there, if you have to put a 12-pound spring in there, it's still 0.115 inches of travel. I mean, when I, we encourage everybody to come and pull the trigger. Everybody's like, you can't make a striker fired, make it feel like a 1911 trigger. Please stop by. Well, Ooh. I did. Yeah. <laughs> we, we would love, love for everybody to get, get a chance to pull the trigger. I will be by there. It's one of my first stops out at Media Day. And I will be pulling the trigger. Thank you. I've got a few more questions that I just thought of while you were talking that are incredibly selfish, that are just for what I want to know. And right when we get back here, I'm going to ask those. This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment Holsters. Use our coupon code GUNFIGHTER at checkout when you visit bravoconcealment.com and get 10% off your entire purchase. All right, welcome back. Is there going to be an option out there in the future, or, or is it right now? Because I, I can't really tell by the pictures. I like a grip that my hand is bleeding at the end of the day. Like my, it, it sticks to my hand when I when I go for a 1911. Like I want an aggressive front and back strap, grips, uh, all those things where where my hand hates it. Do you have any any options or anything like that, or is that how your gun set up right now? Um, well, the the grip itself has some pretty aggressive texture on the front, and the the hog lower back strap has that as well, but. The initial offering because you can you can always grow you can't always shrink so we the grip panels that we have on there from VZ are fairly smooth but they will be supporting options with a more aggressive grip texture yeah so and I the, could replace that back strap in the future with another product that's available oh yes. yes you can replace that back strap you can replace the side grips and that can get as aggressive as you want the, as big as you want yep. We, we did opt for some decently aggressive front texturing on the grip itself. And what we, when we say grip, we mean the traditional frame, but because it is a chassis, we are calling that our grip. And so not, not trying to confuse anyone there. Um, yep, so, yep, you can make your hands bleed all you, all you want. <laughs> 
Awesome. So I, we were talking on the phone before, when we we're setting up this interview, and I, I don't know if you're willing to give this out right now, but I mean, you, you've got a gun that, that you're just now bringing to market. And if you are, great. If not, by all means, you don't have to. Are we looking at something a little bit smaller? Because when we talked, I, it was my understanding that this gun was going to be somewhere around the size of, you know, a, a 1911. What is it? What was the barrel length on the Hudson? 4.28 inches right there with KMMP. Right. So, and uh, is there is there an option that you've, you're putting together right now, you're working on? Because I know a lot of folks that I'm seeing on the internet right now, and I've been guilty of it too. I've said it. It's like the HK VP9. I love the gun. But I'm like, where is my VP9 SK? That I need this smaller concealed carry option. And your gun is not as big as I thought it was in the initial pictures. But are you are you thinking about something that's just for that concealed carry market right now? We are definitely thinking of that. We will ask everyone to support us out the gate uh, so that we can put the R&D money toward the smaller option. Uh, that is a genuine appeal. Um, but first off, the size of the gun itself, the pictures make the gun look rather large with the it looks like a very long grip with that really high bore axis or the, the really uh, tall rear. Um, it Our slide is a true one inch side to side, and our frame is very barely bigger than that. The 1.24 inches is at the, is at the grip panels, mm-hmm. and that 1.24 is still smaller than most standard uh, single stack 9mm 1911 commander size models, which are 1.3. And our size, the size of the pistol itself is right there between a Glock 17 and a Glock 19. We're actually 0.2 inches taller, I think, than a 19, and our slide is actually thinner. So whenever you start looking at the pistol, it looks big simply because of the proportions of how, it's des- of how it looks on in a picture. But it's a compact little blaster. It mm-hmm. really, it really yeah, is. Yeah. Um, it's a beefy compact little blaster. It's it, the weight is similar to an aluminum frame Sig, um, but hey, we're steel frames, so come on, you know, give, give us a, give us a little bit of break there. <laughs> but uh, but for the compact market, if we or when we sorry when we go to the compact market, the other thing we're going to have to do is shave off weight. Yeah. And so when we do that it will be a different grip, different materials in order for people to actually feel more comfortable using it in an inside the waistband type uh, carry situation. But yes, with that, with our grip design, it is supposed to be forward thinking to where we can offer more compact, compact uh, grips in the future and a more compact solution. And it's why we took extra time in the last year and a half to make some of the design changes that we did. We wanted to design for a product family that Hudson will eventually offer. But, you know, as American consumers, we will remind everyone, if you don't support us now, we cannot provide that later. So (laughs) we love you. Please support. We love you. Buy our guns now. (laughs) Uh, Put me down for one. No doubt about it. So, Another question, I've, I've, I really think the RMR or an RMR type, a red dot on a handgun, is, uh, is, is coming, and it's coming quickly, and the technology is right there. It's, it's almost there. Do you have any I – mean, would it be easy for someone to modify it? Like I, I use Doug Holloway at ATI to modify my guns, um, or do you, or you have plans to do that in-house uh, with some models out there so I can mount an RMR onto that gun? Uh First, shout out to Doug from ATEI. I uh, love that guy. Hi, Doug. Um, we we really Doug's do awesome. appreciate. <laughs> we um we have a design in the works right now for an RMR mount uh, to go specifically to our pistol, and we want to work with anyone who wants to support that. Uh, right now, we would need to do a bit of a modification to the top of the slide in order to beef it up a little bit before we machined. However, I've seen multiple really smart options for RMRs to support. And what we would like to do as a company is partner with people who have already have better ideas than we do and then support them in making those. So we definitely want to support that. Now, speaking of the future, the, the Silentrico Maxim 9 got my 2016 pick of most innovative handgun uh, out there, I, I just I love the idea of of the integral expressed nine millimeter handgun and the package that the Soundtrico has put together with that gun, and 
seeing that, you know, maybe that gun takes off, maybe it doesn't. But what I see that Maxim 9 more so than anything else is it's it's like a gateway drug. It's a stepping stone. You know, 30 years ago, people were like, wow, I'd rather have six for sure than, than 15 maybe. I'm not carrying that tactical Tupperware. You know, that, that kind of stuff, what we saw with Glock and people pushing back against them. And now, you know, pretty much all law enforcement or a large percentage of them are carrying Glocks and they're tried and proven. Uh, U.S. military and special ops are crazy about Glock, Glock 19, Glock 17s. Um, they have really arrived and, and they, they've been they've grown their reliability. Uh, so I see the Maxim 9 doing that and, and starting out something, a new trend, a new thing that's going to that's gonna push manufacturers to go a different route. I also, when I first looked at the H9, I saw the same thing. And that's really what got me most excited about it was innovation. You know, some of the other things I picked for 2016 were small little simple doodads that go on ARs, like little little products that were just, why hasn't anybody thought about that yet? Why hasn't anybody done that yet? And that's kind of where I see the H9 at is, you know, the, I, I think this gun is going to be great. And it's going to be successful, but I also think it's going to be the start of something because, you know, you've done something with some with some ingenuity behind it and innovation, and, and you've brought something that doesn't exist to the market. Thank you. That's... <laughs> Yeah, they're, 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 uh, Daniel, thank you. Don't really quite know how to respond to that, but thank you. Um, it has the dog it has, likes it. Yes, that is. <laughs> that's Jack. Jack. That's Jack, our our Siberian Husky, and he's been good and quiet before now. But uh, <laughs> th- thank you. Um, it has been a lot of work, and uh, it has been so exciting to see everyone's reaction to it, and just hearing you say that it, it's really. Uh, I hope we're not judged too harshly, but I will say humbling. It, it, is, it is humbling to hear the positive reactions of people from the industry because we care. And it's it's energizing for us. I think like what you said about seeing some true innovation out there, that that's what we want to see. I mean, it, it's exciting. Like you're, you're saying, the Maxim 9, we see something like that, and it it's what gets us excited about doing the same thing on our end. It's uh, we we I, I remember just nerding nerding out about the Maxim Nine. I mean the Walther P5 does uh you know design behind the springs and all the cool things that are really really going on in their mechanism. I have to confess we went over at NASGW and I was like, can I please get my hands on this and really you know I said they took it apart for me. It was really really fun. So um, really really like what. Uh, I will, again, humbling to be put in that same crowd. Anybody who watched my review videos or, or, or written articles on, on reviews of guns uh, and some of my friends that, that make fun of me sometimes, because usually one of the first things I say after I put a few rap magazines through it, I'm like, well, it works. You know, like that's that's the the most important thing to me, and I guess I'm going to find out Monday if for myself if it works. That's going to tell the whole story, right, uh, the reliability. And you've got – how many models right now? You're not ready to go to market, right? You're, you're not you're not shipping those yet. Is that correct? Uh, we're projected shipping second quarter right now. We do have the forgings and the machining and the tooling. That's all geared up. It's already we've already invested our time, effort, and money into that. So we're we're on the hook for these things, guys. Um, it's not <laughs> like we're coming and seeing your reaction and then putting the money down. Money's already in. We right. don't want to have a paperwork situation where you hear about it and then you see it years and years later. Where yeah, don't want to do that. We're already in the shoot for it. Um, it's just, you know, new new design, new companies, new relationships, all that, working out all the bugs, making it efficient. Yeah, I mean, uh, the past couple months, it's just been those little tweaks that every, every firearm goes through. It's like, how do we make that ejection pattern instead of every, like, 10 or 20 popping left, how do we make them all go right? What, what little clearance cut needs to be done there? And so right now it's the – putting it through its final paces on the endurance. We got rounds going every day just to make sure that we are, we are ready for the endurance portion of this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, with the attention we just got for ourselves with the, the great marketing that, you know, has been done, it's on us to make sure we do this right. And yeah, we feel the pressure. Yeah, no big. So are, are you seeing, you know, can I, can I ask you what kind of round counts you're having through these guns and what kind of success rates you're getting right now? Our P-Spec is 10,000 rounds, and that's pretty much standard uh, standard for what's going through there. And we have put, I don't know how many thousands of rounds through our test prototypes right now. Tens of. But Ten, tens of. We, so 
our, our engineers designed our, our test protocols and we've got yeah, we've got it, tens of thousands on them. They're they're also putting through some really interesting loads on these things to see how they behave. Yeah, the little fifty five grain nine millimeter, a lot of hundred and forty seven and a lot of exciting stuff that we're making sure stuff feeds. Um, the reason why I can't give you an a dead set round count is because what our test protocol is as you shoot, you shoot four four test guns. If anything breaks on one of them, you stop the test, you go address that problem. You have to address the problem in all four guns, and then your round count starts over again. And so it's annoyingly a laborious <laughs> and, a, I don't know if I can say pain in the ass, but that's what it is, <laughs> the, the engineering behind behind this and what we dedicated ourselves to making sure we did it right. But we're holding ourselves to it, so it, there, there's no short circuit evaluation going on with this. So I, I'm a firm believer in, in ethics and everything that we do. Business activities, buying something, selling something, anything else, you know, whatever it is, being being a good person, you know, be doing the right thing, no matter who's watching, integrity, all those things. And I've I've seen quite a few things that I would consider complete failures in ethics of, of gun companies in the past. Bringing a gun to market because they want to put money in the bank and they want to sell guns, and marketing for self defense, marketing for defense of home and family, but the gun's not ready even for just general range use, dangerous things. So I I would not get mad at a company if they're like, hey, you know what, our gun is almost ready, but it's not quite. We're pushing a couple more months because we got to make sure it's right. Because ultimately, as a gun manufacturer, if I were a gun manufacturer, I'm thinking people are going to use this. This is going to be the only thing that's going to stand between life and death at some point for some people. And I've got to make sure I've got this thing right. And it sounds like you guys are putting a lot of time, a lot of effort into that to make sure you're doing that. And because you, and also you don't want to be an R51 either, right? Oh, oh man, I I was so excited about that gun when it, when it was first being introduced. And, Until you uh, shot it, I, I got the new one that they shot just it again out. this year, and it felt so, great actually. <laughs> give a shout out Texas International Firearms Festival. Went there and got to shoot it, and uh, it's a neat it's a neat little gun. Um, I was hoping they got it right with the Gen 2s, and a guy brought it into the store, the poor rep, and I, me and some buddies put 50 rounds through this thing and, and had seven problems in that, and one of, them was this, one of them was the magazine dropping that was from the original one, and it was just, I was like, man, I just hung my head and handed the gun back to him and, and, and walked out. It's just, why? Like I, but I'm hearing a couple people are having some good, good success with it, and I'm not here to bash the R51. I, I just don't have a lot of trust for Freedom Group these days. <laughs> uh, we will talk no no nothing about anyone uh, we're the new kids we're, we're, we're yep. the new kids and we have a lot to prove so we're not we're not going to come out the gate and bash anyone we we agree we want to do we want to do this right and and it's not going to ship until it's ready we we've got very high standards and it's this is our first impression so yeah. it's we're not the kind of company that could recover from yeah. you know, uh, a complete failure out the gate. So it's, I mean, from a sales and marketing, you just, Oh, it's, it's vomit inducing thing, you know, that uh, pushing a ship date and then, but yeah, we can't, you got everything riding on this thing, man. Everything. Yeah. 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 Well, I would be happy to help you if there's anything that I can do. You know, I, I put a lot of rounds down uh, usually every week and, and get in front of a lot of students. Uh, we already talked about getting a T&E gun for, uh, I think, uh, your marketing guys setting that up sometime when everyone's ready. Uh, I'm interested in doing that. And I, for me, I'd like I love being a part of something that I, I think if this thing works and it's good and everything else, man, what you did with the trigger with that gun could be completely awesome, and uh, would love to to be a part of it in, in some way. And I guess I am now because you're hearing from me second, right, on, on Gunfighter Cast. <laughs> Is there anything that we left out in talking about this gun? I'm sure there's a lot of small details and there's a lot of things and there's lots of information that's going to come out in the future. Is there anything that that I, we didn't discuss or I didn't ask or you didn't get a chance to say that you need to say? One call out to the weapon mounted light crowd. We hear your cries. We have <laughs> we have thought about it. We we do care about you. Oh man. <laughs> the weapon mounted light guys are really worried about where they're gonna put their their lights and and that. we're excited to talk to people who make lights about how to make that work yeah. best for everybody. I yep. thought I thought I saw a little rail on that picture. Oh, there, there, is. Is, there is a rail. Everyone's worried about the placement. And, of course, you know, to go nerd on it, go look at the old Mark 23 lamb unit and where they actuated it. But there are some really great cutouts uh, in our machining for, uh, for lights, for uh, 
little knob, uh, you know, however they want to do the skew or the back plate for the lights. There's a lot of options there, guys. So interesting opportunities for maybe some offset stuff. So it, yeah, we're, we're excited to see what what other people come up with. So now you're saying you're going to tell the light companies to be innovative. You're going to make them be innovative. Is that what you're doing? No, we're in, we're allowing them the opportunity to introduce new skews and new profit revenues. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cy, Lauren, I I really appreciate it, and I'm I'm looking forward to to coming out there and and shooting that gun uh, next Monday or this coming Monday out there in Vegas, and and then hanging out with you guys um, for your launch party Monday night. It's uh, really exciting, and uh, I hope you guys have a lot of success out there on Monday at Range Day, and and people, I'm sure you're gonna have a busy booth. Uh, I'm gonna run up there and talk to you and be like, hey, I'm I'm not waiting in line. Hook brother up. <laughs> And you guys are going to be like, yeah, come on, you know. So <laughs> we're looking forward to seeing you and seeing your face when you pull the trigger for the yeah. first time. Oh yeah. Well, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day, and I know you're crazy busy right now with everything that's going on, uh, with with all your your media dropping, all the success that's happening, everybody asking you questions, and you know, you you came on Gunfighter Cast to talk to me, and that's really awesome because you haven't done this with anybody else yet, and I really really appreciate that, and you have an invitation uh, in the future. Just let me know if there's something you got going on you want to talk about. Anything else in the future? I'd be happy to to let my listeners know and have you on the show. The listeners of, of Gunfighter Cast, they're the people that are out there shooting guns, training. Uh, they buy products when products are good. Uh, they are the top one percent of society, is the way I look at them. Love it. I love that. Yep. Thank you, Daniel, and it's been awesome to be on here. It's a great opportunity to sit down for an hour and enjoy coffee and talk to talk to a good person. Gunfighter Cast out. Daniel here. Thank you so much for being a part of Gunfighter Cast and a listener of the show. If you feel that you get something out of Gunfighter Cast and you enjoy the show, why not pledge a dollar or two dollars through our Patreon site? Basically, you pledge one or two bucks an episode when uh, some content is released at the end of that month your card will get charged. Pretty simple and easy way to support the show when you're getting content. If not, all good. You're going to keep getting them for free. Thanks again for listening and being a part of the show. Gunfighter Cast out.